Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey everybody, welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strong, President of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from Subaru of Gwinnett, Atlanta studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security. And we will touch on that and all related aspects of security as we go through the course of each show. Our guest today, and I'm happy to have him, is Jonathan Holmes. He's a managing partner for Mighty 8th Media. What a name. Thank Mighty you. Mighty <laughs> 8th. You just got all kinds of visual <clears throat> things pop up in your mind. Before we get started too much on it, uh, let me ask you this. Who is Jonathan Holmes? What do you do? How would you get here? What brought you into this type of business? So my role is um, managing partner for our firm. I've kind of a, I consider myself kind of a mutt myself as far as my background. I was a finance major, went to the University of South Carolina, and then was an accountant for a number of years, and then by happenstance started working uh, with a nonprofit in PR and marketing, and then I had an opportunity to start um, an agency in South Carolina in the late 90s. And so I kind of got into the field because I knew a bunch of people when I did some fundraising and cut my teeth in the charitable side of things doing fundraising for a children's home and really fell in love with the ability to make things happen from a marketing and PR perspective, but also the creative perspective, um, building things up for helping the kids, but also in um, building space and making things happen for our clients. It sounds like a good idea. You, where were you born? <clears throat> I was born in. You the were Bo- born. Right? I was born in the booming metropolis of Mullins, South Carolina. My dad was a retired Methodist minister, and he was serving four churches in a place called Nichols, and they didn't have a hospital because the town was so small. And so, I was born in Mullins. My dad served the South Carolina Conference all his life. Cool. That explains a lot. Your preacher son. Exactly right. <laughs> For sure. Uh, let me ask you, like I said a while ago, that conjures up all sorts of you know visuals, which is pretty good for marketing. But tell me about the name, how you came up with Mighty 8th Media. So my business partner and I both love aviation, and he's a huge War II buff and loves um, the pl- iconic old planes from War II. And then I grew up, uh, one of my dad's churches was in Hartsville, South Carolina, and one of the companies there was Sunoco Products. They're famous for the Pringles can and the legs pantyhose development and really corrugated products. And one of the pilots from that company that had yet attended my dad's church, and um, they had a private plane, and then there was a group called the Civil Air Patrol, which was kind of the Boy Scouts of the Air Force. And so. Right. I grew up flying in small prop planes, going all over the place, and riding in cargo jets, um, Air Force and Andrews Air Force Base, and so had a love for aviation. So we knew when we started our firm, we wanted aviation to be a theme. And um, as far as the name of the firm, the Mighty Eighth is named after the Eighth Air Force out of Savannah. And if 
the listeners don't understand, the 8th Air Force really turned the German tide in the European theater. And it actually started in Savannah and something that all Georgians should be proud of the fact that it was the wing of the, at that time, Army, it wasn't, it really didn't have an Air Force per se like it is now, turned the German tide and really helped set, you know, a lot of the England and the other areas free um, from the Nazi Army. Cool. I, that, I didn't really, I had no connection with the Mighty Eighth yes. and it being this, uh, down here at Georgia. Yeah, there's a museum um, down near Savannah called the Mighty Eighth, and it's a whole museum dedicated to the Mighty Eighth. Cool. Well, I know that a lot of the stuff I see on your website that's the aviation related and all, it really gives a cool presence to your website. It, it, the presentation is, is really awesome. I appreciate it. Thank so, you. So, uh, you know, that. And that would give people a tendency, well, if you can do that for your own self, maybe you can work with doing other people doing that and, and help them out. Right. And, you know, you just never know how it's going to go. So how long have you actually been in business? We started this? in 2005. <clears throat> My business partner, I started with two computers in the back alley between two dumpsters in his historic district <laughs> of Buford. And now we're on Main Street and they have a staff of 15. And really just as far as when we first started we didn't know kind of where we were going we felt like we could do a little bit of art and some marketing from from folks but really it's taken off to to where we are the size agency we are now well what made you actually decide i mean we talked a little bit about your about how you got into the business but what made you actually decide to start mighty eighth media when we were working with other agencies in the past and my business partner and I were also working with other groups and other organizations we realized that there wasn't a focus as far as employees as well as customers and we both had kind of a focus where we really wanted to deliver a great product but also we were able to provide a place for the employees where they could flourish and grow and also develop and take care of and providing great benefits to the employees and so we basically started our agency in hopes and we've achieved this to where we could do it better and also where we provide great customer service provide great benefits for the employees and it's a win-win for everybody well you know and that's part of you know in a way that has a lot to do with security you want the security of your people having a job the security of your people having an income right and you want the security of your business being stable so that it can correct. flourish correct so there's you know even with you in that type of an area there's a lot to deal with, you know, security. Like right. I say, it's not all about physical security. Right. You know, it's security of having a business and making it flourish. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people, There, you know, there's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's, you know, all the different social medias. But a lot of people look at, uh, just an example, Facebook, when you mm-hmm. start up and you, you create a page. Right. And off of it for business, off of your personal page. They start wanting you to sponsor, you know, to promote it, mm-hmm. and they they send you hundreds of emails, right? And and not emails, but uh, Facebook posts and right. stuff. You're not posting, and we're waiting, and you need to do this. Does that really do you any good to go and post on something like that on a business? When you look at marketing, and this is where you look at the, I guess the 
textbook definition of marketing, but also as far as everybody's definition now in the digital age of what marketing is, is if I meet somebody and say, hey, buy my product, that's marketing. If I give you a beat up, wound up, crumpled up flyer and say, buy my product and you buy my product, that's marketing. But also if you see a product that I'm selling and you like the way it looks, a shiny new car on social media, that's also marketing. And part of it is that there's a lot of definitions these days of marketing. And really, it's, again, it's about frequency and touch points and whether somebody has a product that you want to buy. At the end of the day, it's about being authentic and engaging with your customers in the right way and finding the right place where your customers are going to see the product that they actually want to buy. Well, I know that a lot of people talk about sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, you, you're familiar with Al Simon, and we, we talk a lot. And, right. Uh, he's a big proponent of there are definitely two sides. There there's are. the sales side and there's the marketing side, Correct. and they are different. Correct. Tell us how they, in your perspective, differ a little bit. I look at our job as bringing the horse to the trough to drink the water. And then it's the then it's the business's job to ha- make the horse drink. To make the water palatable. Correct, exactly. <laughs> because that's where, too, is as a marketing firm, is that if we tell people externally, this is a great product, this is a great company, this is you're going to have ex- excellent customer service, product X, Y, and Z is going to do this, it's going to help you back, other things like that, then the product has to do what you say it's going to do from the value prop because in a quick short order they're going to find out it doesn't do what you promised it to do and if you say we're going to be open 24 7 or we're going to ship late until eight o'clock at night and don't fulfill those promises then everything all the money you spent promoting this product and promoting this great service is going to be for naught yeah so you we're open 24 7 just nobody answers the phone right exactly you know, right <laughs> that's not a good thing um, so tell me about all the different kind of services that mighty eight provides and, and the directions that you go in because uh, I know you've got to have a lot of different focuses to be a marketing because there's so many different needs. Right. And I'll, at, in, at the end of this dissertation, I will list some of the services we do. <laughs> but basically, from my perspective, I want to keep it simple to begin with, is that the bottom line is the bottom line and revenue is king and numbers don't lie. And so you look at the fact of kind of where you're getting your dollars from and then what makes the most sense and then really how you're tracking those channels to get your most dollars um if you want to look at the simplistic terms um using chick-fil-a example they know how much money they make out of a chick-fil-a sandwich then how much money they make out of fries then how much money they make out of salads and so you look at those revenue channels and then what they feel like is greater opportunity is developing those individual products or whether they feel like like in a meal package so they do better selling it and so it's easy to understand those numbers and then from there we just basically work with the client to build the best strategy to increase those numbers in a pipeline and like i said maybe bring more horses to the water mm-hmm. now how do we do that in this digital age well obviously we have to know kind of what the target is is that if you and i went outside and we both had a bow and arrow we didn't have a target we would know where we were going we can say yeah we could shoot really good but we need to know what we're going to the target is or where your best customer is and so we have to really figure out where we're going to aim that bow and arrow so that's the first part trying to figure out where your customers are and the second thing is that once we do that is developing a way to where we feel like we can engage them in a creative way from a design standpoint or either from a brand new standpoint whether it's web specific video social media or digital and we have different weapons we use and so just like 
you mentioned the name of our firm, Mighty Eighth Media, is that we like to feel like we are an army, but we're not emotionally tied to the weapons we use as far as helping a customer win their battle to win business. So if we feel like that a tank needs to be done or that you need to have a rifle for the situation or just like a dog fight, it's best to get that done. So you just basically make decisions based on the client and use the weapons we feel like it's going to give you the best bang for your buck. Are you ever in the uh, old idea of uh, a shotgun works? Well, so that's actually what marketing used to be. I know. If you think about it, is that, you know, Madison Avenue, people would say, I've got this baloney, I need to make a name for it, what do I do? Well, then they develop this campaign, they spend millions of dollars, TV, billboard, radio, newspaper. And that's where it was just, that was those segments and that's what you had to use and you had to use a very shotgun approach these days because people are able to segment themselves as far as the news media and what they what they digest and they self-select their news platforms then a shotgun approach doesn't work because people don't see the shotguns anymore well i've noticed that you know even in my business a lot of people when that somebody asks them what's the best way for us to to do this uh, I know personally companies that just go in there, well, you need to do this, 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 then it's, you know, shoot the shotgun and then let's see what actually worked rather than targeting it and maintaining a somewhat of a control because everybody has budgets in a business. Right. And if you're not mindful of that budget, you can end up blowing the budget Correct. and not accomplishing anything. Right. So if you've got it just spread out, everything like a thin layer of jelly, the bread may taste good, but the jelly right. just didn't do the job. So, And that's where, really, when I said to begin with, as far as numbers don't lie, that's really where we look at. And recently, uh, a couple of years ago, we started work with a customer, and they were spending 75% of the marketing dollars on 12% of the revenue. Well, I knew that was a misnomer because they were basically trying to spend all their dollars on acquisitions where there are a lot of other places they needed to look at low-hanging fruit community relations other things that make good sense from a business strategy so we had to look at basically allocation of the dollars and so based on where their demographics lie where their best revenue is going to be made it's where we look at allocation of dollars and then they can depending on what you want to do if you want to grow from a speculative standpoint then you might be more aggressive in certain platforms depending on how you want to acquire other people's territory or land. Interesting thought process. Um, when you when you go through this and you're looking at when the businesses come to you, do you have any particular type of business that is probably the biggest type of business in your portfolio? A lot of agencies will specialize in certain sectors. That's one of the things that we made a commitment as a firm not to do. The two reasons, one is when both of Barrel and I both had looked at other agencies, all the work looked the same that people were producing. For example, you had one business that was heavily in healthcare. Well, everything that came out looked the same because of healthcare. Or you had other businesses that were in automotive, and so everything looked the same, sounded the same. So we intentionally made sure that we didn't stay in a sector. And so we're pretty diverse from the standpoint of financial, education, government, as well as manufacturing, service-based and also some of the beauty and other um, areas that we feel like that are good for us from a cultural standpoint too. Is there is there any of those that you've found that you've had the most success in? 
I would say we're really good from a financial standpoint and also from a service standpoint. Financial being, um, for example, like Georgia's own credit union, we recently helped rebrand. Um, they actually are developing the first digital board in downtown Atlanta. Um, Atlanta has a dream of becoming a certain area down there, kind of the Times Square of Atlanta. And Georgia's own was the first company to actually have a large digital board downtown. So we helped them with that as well as branding and also kind of repositioning them so they are more attractive from a millennial standpoint. Uh, one of the reasons, if you think about this, is that my mother, who's 85, she's not going to be borrowing a lot of money and doing things because she's already bought her car, bought her house, and got everything she needed. But the people that are going to borrow money are your younger millennials, people that are starting up having families. And so, so we had to reposition that organization to be more younger, attractive to millennials, to people that borrow money, too. Yeah, because used to, the banks primarily dealt with the older people. Uh, that was their mainstay. Correct. That's where the money was. That's right. where they focused. Right. Instead of focusing on where the money's going to be coming from, right. it was where it is. And, you know, that's a great concept of yeah. trying to – was that – did you find that difficult to, to begin to shift that to that other demographic, that other age well, obviously, when you when you do things like that externally from a marketing standpoint, you have internal battles. You've got to make sure that, again, like I said, it's something as simple as we're going to be open to 8 p.m., then you got to have the internal resources that somebody's willing to stay until 8 p.m. to provide those services. And people now with the digital age, they expect you to be open more, kind of be more nimble from a service standpoint. And, you know, you got your apps where you can make deposits and services. You have to use technology. And so... You had to evolve as an organization as well as saying we're easy to deal with, you're easy to borrow money, then how is it easy for us as a young person to borrow money? What is some quick way we can do that? So you had to think along those lines too. So do you kind of do you kind of come up with the ideas of what you think would be a good direction on stuff they've already got developed, not necessarily the banks or whatever, but stuff they've got developed? Or do you say these are some good areas that this is a – this is where I think it would be great to head. You're going to need to develop what it takes to get there. Right. Basically, when you do this is, let's say that you decided to open up a um, pest control business. Is that you know that you have certain things that you're going to have to do as far as killing certain bugs or killing certain bonds as far as ensuring you know the coverage for homes and so you know certain due diligence and so basically you will look at your competitor and say you know what this is what my competitor offers like with the credit union what do other banks offer what do other credit unions offer and then how are you different and then you really figure out from a strategy as far as really who you want to be and how you're going to separate yourself from the competition and you make a decision whether you're going to go in this direction or you're going to kind of try to catch up or lead and I, we always try and encourage our clients to lead instead of trying to catch up. And one of the things I thought was funny is that a lot of people will actually follow other companies from a marketing strategy, and they'll just follow instead of trying to lead or get ahead of the competition. And when you follow, you're way behind. You're at least five or seven years behind. Well, you know what they always say about that dog that's not leading the pack. Exactly. You right. Know, the scenery never changes. Right, exactly. So, right. you know, you got to change the scenery some way to get the attention Correct. of people. Right. And sometimes attention is, is difficult to Correct. get people to motiv right. get right. motivated to move. Exactly. Um, it's, it's amazing. Um, 
kind of, if you don't have an issue with it, can you tell me some of your notable uh, accounts, clients? Um, the, over the last um, two years, like I said, we've really um, had a really good run in certain sectors. And one of the, from a Gwinnett standpoint, is we've been working with Gwinnett County for a number of years and Gwinnett County Public Schools. Um, those are some really good clients that we've enjoyed working with because we feel like how vital everything is in the community. From a financial standpoint, we're at Georgia Own Credit Union and um, their $2 billion company. And then one of the other clients is Pinnacle Bank out of Elberton. They're the largest community bank in Georgia. And um, they're in the granite capital of the world. And they have been on growth strategy and recently acquired a bank. And they're actually now in Gwinnett County, one of their branches. So um, they're on a growth path and really have enjoyed a wonderful relationship with them. Um, from a service side standpoint, um, we recently um, worked with All Good Pest Solutions, and then they were recently acquired. And so that was something that we'd had them for many, many, many years and learned a lot working with them in the service side of things. And obviously you can understand how the service business is, whether it's HVAC, plumbing, or pest control in working with the consumer, how you learn best practices um, from marketing and you share ideas that could really be beneficial for companies. And then the, I would say our Hallmark client in the last year has been Revlon and we've worked with them and really helped with their beauty side of hot tools and it's a hair care product that helps um, with blow dryers, curling irons, flat irons, and really helped position them and became their agency record. and really really pushed them the hot iron was for professionals and they went into walmart target and ulta and it was the first time that they've taken that tool into those areas so we were really pleased and we beat out 20 or 30 agencies and we had to pitch our business and we won so we were excited about that awesome awesome um have you ever done a security company Yes, we've worked with other we've worked with security in the past <laughs> we actually one of our believe it or not some of our clients are actually in the military with satellite business as well as um, cybersecurity and so believe it or not that's one of the things we actually like the fact that um, we work with clients that deal with uh, very secure things and the government level of things and we consider ourselves a secure business well, i thought i just slipped that one exactly, in there <laughs> right. um well you know a lot of business and a lot of being in business and a lot of personal satisfaction comes out of giving back and supporting your local communities and and all of that can you give us some ideas of what you do as far as either a company or individually with with helping out and volunteering i know i see you on facebook a lot and doing stuff and and kind of share with uh, our audience here what you do part of it and that's kind of where when we said kind of from day one as far as mighty eighth how we want to be different is that we want to make sure we're authentic with our clients but also with everybody we encounter as far as community because we don't want to be take 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 and not give or give back and some of the nonprofits we've been involved with are uh, p4 it's a young man that was diagnosed with cancer went to mill creek high school and he decided instead of basically just sit there and wait he and his dad created a foundation and now they're raising money for childhood cancer and so we've been very supportive of them helping them with different tournaments golf tournaments and really help raise money and give money for kids that need it as they battle cancer 
Um, one of my passions myself is the creative economy, obviously with us being in the business, but also the fact that the film and all the creative industries are coming into Atlanta and the metro um, part of, of growth is really in the creative side is that I feel like there's a big hole in Gwinnett as far as connecting artists and just somebody that might be a grip for a studio or other things like that and so I've been involved with the Hudson Center from the visual standpoint and I'm chair of Artworks Gwinnett which is the art council for Gwinnett to make sure that when somebody comes into Gwinnett they see us as a great vital um, place but also understand there's a great balance between live work and play that can work here and play here and um, that's something that is important to me that they see us as a caring community but also vital and also forward thinking um, obviously from a chamber in partnership with Gwinnett we invest heavily in the chamber in partnership with Gwinnett because we believe in economic development because it's a win-win for everybody in the county and then also um, we take on different nonprofits on a yearly basis and we'll do different community um, activities whether it's planting gardens or helping homeless family um, through supplies and food drives and things similar to that that's awesome you know being in the you know liking the arts and all that you got any thoughts about this this uh, new development that the Aurora theater is going through <clears throat> yes and actually that's one of the things I'm excited because um, what that's been a great case study and so is the city of Swanee is that those are case studies as far as arts and culture leading a revitalization but also leading a work live play arena and that's where my goal is to help where we can strengthen all of Gwinnett and where we can have multiple it doesn't have to be a theater but multiple or theaters or multiple strength multiple strong nonprofits like that that are creating and making things happen for Gwinnett and having an experience where people can get involved but also have a little league for kids that aren't athletically inclined but they might be really good on the computer and might be really good as far as drawing or artistic where they have a path um, if they go through Gwinnett County Public Schools that they can actually have a career path for themselves on the creative side of things. That's awesome. That's, that's something I wish more people would get involved in is, is working with the kids. Uh, I know... If I remember right, you do the uh, principal for a day thing. Yes, a lot. Yes. I know I do that. It, that is just, it's awesome to see that other side of what they're doing and what they're going through to deal Absolutely. with these kids. My kids are gone, but my grandkids are in right. school. So right. Well, you, Gwinnett County Public Schools is a world-class school. we got a world-class parks, and so to me, we've got to build a world-class creative economy for Gwinnett that deserve the economy that Gwinnett deserves for our kids for the future absolutely um what about um talent mix uh what about your staff what kind of mix of talent do you have within your do you say 15 people as yes. far as your staff well they're a lot more talented than i am <laughs> no obviously you've got <clears throat> when you're doing the job we're doing you know, just like most businesses you have to have someone that understands how you put the pipes together and how you you know plug everything up and we kind of have that on our side as well is that we've got a developer that has technical knowledge as far as some of the web stuff to make sure when somebody clicks on an actual web product or when they are actually developing it 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 works and also then the creative staff we've got um, four designers that are well versed in print as well as the digital technology so then 
you're able to look at how the consumer is engaging with that brand, but also to making sure on the web as well that there's a visual, it's what's called action, or there's there's understanding of this clarity of when they're clicking on stuff and understanding or gathering information. And then we've got a senior video producer. We do video production, commercials, TVs, um, stuff like obviously one of the stuff we did for Revline, setting up a lot of actors and things similar to that for the shoots that we did. And then we've got account managers that basically make sure we all, I call them the captains of our ships, where they make sure we're doing the right thing by the clients. And then I kind of handle the financial stuff and the community stuff. And my business partner is kind of the technology operational side of things as well. Well, that's good. So if, if I decided to do something like this, you could make me a star. Exactly. <laughs> you already are a star. Yeah, that, that would be a trip. <laughs> yeah, you already are a star. Oh, uh, well, one thing I'd like to just kind of end up on, you know, you talk about authenticity. I've heard you say that several times during our, our conversation here. The why is being authentic so important to a company when it comes to marketing? I think part of it is that these days you've got a three- or four-year-old kid that can pick up a device and a mobile device and use it, and they understand quickly whether something's real or not. And <clears throat> back in the day, you would have, you'd kind of develop campaigns, or you might have where it's kind of pitching of kind of who you were or who you wanted to be. Well, with the advent of social media and all the digital photos that are out there, people can understand when they see somebody versus what they're actually posting on social media and they look like two different people, you know, social media, they're always smiling. They're always on vacation or whatever. They don't ever post when they can't pay the bills. They don't ever, it's so funny because they don't ever post when I've gained 40 pounds. No, they always say I've lost 10 or 20. And so, you know, there's a, and there's a problem with exactly, that. I know. So there's always this kind of what I consider the fake persona. And so people felt like okay that's who they need to be but actually like i said before is that when you're dealing with the business and you if you create a fake persona then that the person is going to feel like that's what they're supposed to experience when they do business with you and that's not who you are well it's hard to interact and do who you're not correct and maintain that uh you know, my personal experience with the business is I like, you know, I tell people I'm not a salesperson. I'm a, I'm an old retired cop that right. owns a business and knows what the hell I'm doing. Right. But, you know, the bottom line is I don't, people need to be who they are, like you say. Right. And be straight up, honest with people. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Right. And, you know, that's the best. At least you know exactly what you're getting, what you want. <laughs> exactly. You know, who you're getting. Right. So, uh I think that's uh, that's absolutely a, a valid point of, and an important point with the authenticity. So, you got anything that you'd like else that you'd like to share with our folks out no, here? No, I think this is a great platform, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you about my our our big global media empire and historic Buford. <laughs> well, it, love, hey, if it we is. If we can help anybody, we'd be glad to sit down and talk to them. They don't call it World Wide Web for nothing. Exactly right. The, uh, well, you know, I know that if somebody wants to get in touch with you or get in touch with Mighty 8 Media, that you have uh, emails, you have websites, you have phone numbers. You How about giving us some of that stuff? Yeah, so our phone number is 770-271-3001. And the web address is m the number eight th dot com. Basically, math and just replace the eight with an a, and that's named after the mighty eighth Air Force. So that's why the URL is the way it is. 
and then obviously we'd love for you to come down to see us on Main Street in historic Buford, um, 83 East Main Street in Buford, Georgia, and it's historic district and some great restaurants down there. So come see us, and I might, might buy you a meal. You know that the, hey, now that works. Now give me that phone number again. Seven seven zero two seven one three zero zero one. Fantastic, John. I appreciate you very much being here to uh, share your expertise, your knowledge with us uh, on the marketing. Uh, it's, you've just got some awesome information, you've got some awesome talent behind you, and I think it's a you know, great thing you're doing here in Gwinnett. So I want to thank you all for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on, of course, Case in Point. Join us next week at 11.30 when we will talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, Jonathan Holmes, and for our producers, Mike and Trey. I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security, we cover more than just your assets. <laughs>